page this year, but what are you doing this summer? Girl, I'm going to be at the first Urban Christian Women's Summit jumping off Friday, June 24th through Saturday, June 25th in partnership with our host church, the Bridge City Church. Cleveland, stand up. Cleveland in Cleveland, Ohio. Ladies, join us. We're taking into the Book of Acts this summer and our theme, which is witness. So we're going to be talking about what does it mean to be a witness, to embody boldness, to endure hardship and suffering, and to pursue a faithful and unhindered mission. Aren't we always talking about being on mission? We always talk about being on mission, girl. So we had to throw it in there. I mean, it's unhindered mission that happens and goes down in Acts. So you don't want to miss these breakouts as well. Women in the church, deconstruction, conflict resolution, the gospel and the prisoner, and so many more. Listen, ladies, we would love for you to join us. Registration opens March 30th, 2022. There will be limited seating. Meet us there. Bring it, girls. See you there. What's up, ladies? Welcome to the Urban Christian Woman Podcast, where we seek to restore women with God's truth for their everyday lives. I'm Tashika Oliver. And I'm Leah Ross, and we're your hosts. This is season four. This season, we've got some exciting things in store. So join us as we study God's word, celebrate women living faithfully on mission, and dive into cultural issues through a biblical lens. You ready, Tashiva? Oh yeah, I'm ready. All right, let's, let's go. go. Ladies, and welcome back to the Urban Christian Woman Podcast. We are in our series on womanhood, and we have been so tremendously blessed. If you have been uh, treading along with us, you know the joy of this, this series. And so we are reframing womanhood and uh, what many of us have probably grown up with some understanding around and looking at it with a more redemptive kingdom view. So today... We are excited and graced to have on the podcast uh, Christy Lauren Adams. And Leah, you're going to drop yes. the bars on. Christy, who, thank you for joining us. Yes, yes. And thank are you a, an official Dr. Christy Lauren Adams? Do you have your PhD? I'm not a doctor or anything. Okay, okay. I was, uh, listen, listen. I did I, one, year, one year PhD. And okay, okay. It was, it was a sign that it wasn't meant to be. <laughs> I couldn't devote my whole life. <laughs> I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a lot. It's um, a lot. Yes, ladies, I'm going to introduce you to Christy. Um, she is a speaker, author, youth advocate, and ordained Baptist minister. Christy's the author of Parable of a Brown Girl and Unbossed: How Black Girls Are Leading the Way. She holds an MDiv from Princeton Theological Seminary and currently works as the Dean of Spiritual Life and Equity at the Hill School, where she's also an instructor for religious studies. Is that correct? Wow. Yes. Okay. And Christy, you're also you've also founded the Becoming Conference. So maybe you can tell us a little yes, bit about that. Yes, please tell too. us a little bit yeah. about that. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if it'll be edited out or maybe it won't, but that was just the bell. So I am right now, if you hear a bell in the trenches. Yes. Cool. It's um, all good. Coming is is evolving. It's probably going to be more of like a retreat moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I started becoming before Michelle Obama's book. 
<laughs> everybody with that because it looks like I just copied um, <laughs> what we started before. And it was really meant to be just a one day, um, you know, conference, whether it was workshops or just a space for young um, black and brown girls to just, you know, it's mm-hmm. their space. Um, so I had the first one at Rutgers University and then the second one I had at Princeton Theological Seminary. Then it took a break. A friend of mine passed away. So I took a break for like a little bit. And then then we were planning the next one. It was supposed to be a retreat and then COVID. Um, And then last year we had a small sort of like 25 girls, a leadership retreat for Mm. three. Um, And that was becoming and that the retreat thing is sort of the direction that I am probably going to think about going in. The one day conference was good. But what I realized was that these girls, the space just to be yeah Mm -hmm. and not rushed and so the first conference i remember we had speaker 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 and we had all this stuff and when we went back and got the feedback the best part to them was lunch when they had a break and they went to the tables and they Mm. had vendors and they hung out Mm. and that was rushed so the second year when we were at princeton it was great because it's a great campus um they a lot of them had never been to princeton anything Mm -hmm. uh but we we had like like an hour and a half lunch break where they just chilled. We had like some Zumba classes that we offered, you know, we played a movie, some stuff. And then I was like, why don't I just like try to do a a space where it's like two or three days where they can just get away and just Mm -hmm. be. Yeah, yeah. Part things here and there, but where they can be. So that's sort of where, 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 where I'm moving. Mm, that's so lovely. Cool. Yes. lovely. Yeah. Lovely. And so you, you, I mean, clearly as a teacher, as, or as a, um, I guess faculty, is that, is that? Yes. Faculty, yeah. practitioner. <laughs> yes. All the yes. Well, when you work at a boarding school, you don't just have one job. Right. So it looks like all fancy on the outside, but it's, it's necessary for everyone mm. here to have like five different roles. So right. Mm-hmm. Right. One of them is faculty. One, one of them, them is faculty, yes. So in that role, and then even in the role with becoming, like you're clearly in a zone where you're actively investing in mm-hmm. this next generation. So maybe you could tell us, our listeners, how you got there. Like, tell us a little bit about your backstory and how you got to the place where this is really your focus and your passion. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'll give you the the like the truncated version, like you mentioned of the yeah. bias. <laughs> uh, you know, I was poured into as a young person. So this mm. isn't a... This isn't like a thing. It's sort of what was part of my life uh, from from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to a church that was heavily involved in um, investing in young people. And um, it was more than just, you know, oh, we're going to do just like a little youth ministry. I mean, we were like our own church. Mm-hmm. As our own church. And that was a pastor at the time, Pastor Sori. That was really his... Um, that was his platform. That was his vision for the young people in the church to almost be mirroring what the adults were doing. So mm. the church, he was secretary of state of New Jersey. I mean, he, he, you know, so if you like, it's funny because, you know, you, you might say, oh, you're doing this and this and this. And that has like sort of been what I've grown up around, you know, mm. secretary of state. He was doing this. He was, that was my mentor. Mm. And um, it wasn't really about the resume building as much as it was about the work. And making sure that you are leaving a legacy and a mark, you know, and you're sort of exhausting what it is that got put in the inside of you. So 
I see that and I'm always like, I could be doing more, you know, but at the same time, as a black woman, we do need to step back and rest and have our boundaries. So I try to have a balance Mm -hmm. with that. Mm -hmm. Pastor was very much that person. And so our church was not a Sunday morning church. It was a very active seven day a week. You know, I had school and basketball, which is what I played. And, and, and then I also had my church life mm-hmm. and um, we didn't just show up on Sunday morning. You know, if there were things that were happening in the community, we were very much, we were at the school board meetings, you know, so that's what we did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the young people were, you know, sort of expected to, no, you lead, no, you go do it, you know? And I wouldn't mm-hmm. even say I was really, I think I was a late bloomer as far as my leadership. I just was around that and watching mm-hmm. it. My parents were very much like, they were deacon and deaconess in the church. So they were active. So, you know, we just, that was our community. Mm-hmm. And so even though I was a little bit more behind the scenes as far as like, you know, not necessarily wanting to be up front and center, mm-hmm. um, I was observing and it was just a part of what we, what I did. So, you know, from there, uh, when I went to college, it was like, well, I need to be doing stuff. Even if I wasn't like, you know, first year, I was like, I don't have to go to church. I ain't going to church. <laughs> um, you know, like... I don't have to, you know, but then after a while, it was like, but I, I need to be doing stuff, you know, yeah, yeah. in the community. I need to be, you know, like knocking on doors and introducing mm-hmm. people to Christ. And so I got very active in, in college. Um, first, I started off in the gospel choir, but I just got really, after that, just started my own ministry on campus with, you know, my roommate and a few other people. And mm-hmm. Wow on like play productions in the community. I mean, we were just doing a whole lot of stuff. I, I'm looking back. Y'all now. was out here on mission, like <laughs> we literally were, on we were, mission. Uh, we were a mess, okay? <laughs> so we were on mission. The mission really can be hard. messy sometimes, <laughs> right? We had really good hearts. <laughs> but yeah, that, that, that. You know, I look back like, wow, you know, good intentions. <laughs> um, but we were just growing up. We were figure, figuring out, figuring life out. and. But I always felt like I needed to be giving back. And I I always saw ministry as that. I never wanted to be ordained because I was like, I don't want to wear a robe. I don't want to be called reverend, anything. Um, but I was like, I want to do the work. That's right. And that's what, in my mind, Pastor Soares was always that person, you know, and what, what the church um, did. The church was such a staple in our community. I always tell him I want to go back and write his biography. And he's like, oh, you write about Black girls. I'm like, I know, but I can write your biography. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, and anyway, so from there, I um, graduated and I was actually an advertising major, but I didn't do any of that after, obviously. Um, and I went and I, I worked at a residential treatment facility for little while for teenage girls with severe emotional difficulties. And that really is where I feel like it really blossomed that that Mm -hmm. started in me. And then I went back home um, after that. They hired me as a youth specialist. Our church had a community development corporation. So they had job readiness. They had, you know, a foster care agency. They had a holistic gospel. I love it. And under in the basement, it was we had something called the Underground Youth Enrichment Center. Mm-hmm. And so we had an after school program called the Homework Club. We had a youth entrepreneur program, dance wow. class, things like that. And so I was a youth specialist that worked down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I went to a seminary. And then after seminary, I came back to the church and I worked as director of youth ministries, got licensed, ordained. And so the young people thing was a part of my existence because I was poured into mm-hmm. by so many mentors and. Mm-hmm. 
real sharp people, you know, and I think about just how blessed I was. You know, I wasn't one of those people that never grew up around women in ministry. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that that wasn't even a thing until later when in seminary when people would make comments, mm-hmm. um, you know, about other people's experiences. But I, mm-hmm. we always had a woman in the pulpit. Mm-hmm. You know, I, my executive pastor was a woman. It just was always that. Mm-hmm. I think that we're just a part of my upbringing. And so mm-hmm. that stuck with me as, as, as time went on, I realized I'm called to do the thing that others poured into me um, mm-hmm. and the reason why I'm here today. And that's how I wound up praying. Got you. Ooh, that is good stuff. Yeah, that is good stuff. I love, and even in your book, Unbossed, I feel like you take the um, girls that you feature and put them smack in the middle of the historical narrative, yeah. right? Like they are doing all these things to ra- to be leaders and to pour into and raise up the next generation of younger girls under mm. them, like little girls. Yeah. And yet they are positioned right in the middle because they're gleaning from those that came before them. And yeah. so it's like, it's like this perfect space in the middle where you yeah. are investing ahead, but that's because you're gleaning from what came yeah. before you and who invested in you. And I see that so much in your story. Yeah, it's like, like huge in our story. No wonder. It's like the exact <laughs> parallel. You know, you, you lived it in real time, even with your pastor. Yeah, yeah. so, uh, I mean, I kind of dabbled in it a little bit, but um, talk to us about Unbossed and what sort of led you to writing this book and what do you really want it to be for us in, in space and in culture? Unboss started with Parable of the Brown Girl. Um, yes. It's the first text. That's my baby. Um, and I, I say that because it was just, it was birth or born out of just a lot of like pain and uncertainty and just, you know, it was just really an interesting time when that book came. And so Unboss comes on the heels of that. And, you know, very briefly, it's written similarly um, except the stories in uh, Parable of the Brown Girl are anonymous. So, mm-hmm. you know, the nine-year-old I write about in chapter one, she's going to be nine forever. Whereas these girls, they keep growing up and I'm like, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but the stories in, in Parable, um, you know, are, are meant to to sort of draw out the cultural and the theological and the spiritual out mm-hmm. of them. Whereas the stories in Unbossed are meant to draw out the um, the leadership and mm-hmm. the, the leadership. So. It started with parable. It it was not ever anything that was on my mind to write, actually. Um, parable came out February 2020, and I was like, I've been through. So when my friend, um, my close friend that I, I dedicate parable to died, um, mm-hmm. literally like a week after I signed the um, contract for a parable. And so writing, I was in a lot of grief, all that. And and then I just started the job here, and I didn't know this was like 24 hours, so it was like crazy here. Mm-hmm. So when Parable came out, I was like feeling like, okay, the the clouds are parting. I feel like I can just sort of sit with the book coming out and enjoy. And so it came out, had a nice little launch party, and I went to Chicago and I did something at Barnes and Noble. And then the pandemic mm-hmm. um, started March 2020. Parable. Mm-hmm. Then things were canceled. And then, you know, we moved some stuff online for Parable, but, you know, it just was very different. You know, mm-hmm. like I was funny, I, we had all paid for Essence Fest, me and my friends, and we were ready to go to Essence. So, so many things like didn't happen. And I'm, yes. Uh, but um, we're but, all still a little salty. Right, <laughs> yes. 
And so because my my publisher at the time I said, hey, you know, you're thinking about an, another book. And this was in January of 2020. And I was like, no, I'm going to just, it is hell right and parable. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to just enjoy, you know, the time. So I wasn't thinking about a second book. Well, the pandemic happened. And so I was actually at quarantine the first few months um, at home with my parents and my, my sister, which was actually great. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't amazing, but it was good to spend some time and to slow down. And I just remember being in the backyard and, and just thinking, but I was seeing a lot of like news stories about young people um, and like, how are they doing the mass? How are they doing the school? And the kids, mm-hmm. it's okay. And then they did the graduation for class of 2020, mainly the high school kids, Gen Z, they had that online mm-hmm. on TV and it was a virtual graduation and how's Gen Z? And that's like, focus, focus. Mm-hmm. George Floyd happened. And um, you saw something different than what we saw after Mike Brown. With Mike Brown, you saw a lot of millennials rise up. Mm-hmm. After George Floyd, you saw a lot of Gen Zers rise mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. I was noticing a lot of like that Gen Z was sort of the focus at the, the center of attention. And um, and I, that's when um, I started thinking about Unboss. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to write, we need to write something about their special generation. Yeah. yeah. One year that I did of the PhD program that I mentioned to you, it was in organizational leadership. And I remember mm. program thinking, I'm not doing this. And I remember I had a folder of that, of all the work that I did and little papers and stuff in my laptop. And I remember looking at it and I still had some of the books that I was like, I'm not going to anything with these books and i took that and wow um, yeah wow that's so cool like the seed of it really connected um Mm. and yeah yeah even that year of the phd program is not lost because that's the connector yeah yeah Um, and i think you're right like i think we do see something really special and unique about that generation that that rose up but um yeah just I would love for you to share with us what exactly is it that you see in describing your own words? What characterizes this next generation of black and brown girls? What do you see that is in them that is springing up right now? Try to find the words for it. I hate to overuse the word resilient because I think we use that a lot. I think Mm -hmm. we use it a lot, but I feel if there was a better word than resilient, I mean, they just... Go with the bunches, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, 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 I forgot. I read something, and I, I had asked the question like, "What is it about this generation, particularly these young girls, um, who can just do go through these active uh, shooter drills in school? Mm-hmm. You know, pandemic. You know, they're just now whatever this war stuff." The Donald Trump and Barack Obama generation post 9-11. I mean, there's just so much. And then, and yet they can talk about that one minute and then the next minute be like, I just bought my prom dress. I've been thinking about it. Like mm. they they have to go back and forth mm. so things that are so serious and daunting. And then they, you know, hopefulness. Right. Yeah, that yeah. joy and hopefulness. Yeah. Right. And at the same time, they say, oh, what can I do to contribute? I think I'm going to start of this. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there's so cre- like so much creativity. Yeah. Life comes out of it and out of them. 
Mm-hmm. It's just fascinating to watch, mainly because I always say, you know, when I was in high school, I, I didn't care who the president was. We had fire drills. We didn't have active shooter drills. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I, I just can't imagine um, yeah. having to carry the weight of what they carry, yet mm-hmm. still... It was hard for me to lead just in general with my own insecurities as a young black woman, you know, and just life in general. It was hard for me to push through leadership. But these ones are able to do that yeah. and talk about prom. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, just say, oh, guess we're going virtual again. Yeah. You know, they just go with the flow. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. It's sad to watch, but it's also amazing to watch. Ladies, if you're enjoying the ministry and content of The Urban Christian Woman, would you take a minute to write a review and give us a rating on iTunes? Our goal is to get truth into the hands of urban women. You can help us by leaving even a one-sentence review and some stars. This simple act will help increase our visibility for more women to find this podcast and resources to help equip them in their everyday lives. So girl, what you waiting for? Just go ahead and do it right now. And if you haven't yet, join our community on social media. You can find us on Instagram at The Urban Christian Woman, Facebook, The Urban Christian Woman, and on our website, which is theurbanchristianwoman.com. When you're talking about investing in in the lives of girls as the next generation, how how do you approach that, you know, even as wisdom and counsel for uh, women who are investing in the lives of this next generation? What what would what would you counsel them towards? I always say, you know, it's 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 so much simpler than we think. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no playbook. It's just build relationship. Mm-hmm. And that is not something that we are good at when it comes mm. to we we want to rush that. We want to advise them. We want to skip the stage that is so, so important. That foundation of just the slow. There's this, I forgot the name of the uh, the, the the person that has this poem called The Slow Work of God. But the slow work of God is what I think of. It's slow work in building relationships. I just mentioned another interview I was talking about my boss when I was working at Azusa Pacific University in California as a as an associate uh, campus pastor. And when I first got there, um, my, my my supervisor, he said, you know, you're just going to spend the first year building relationships. Mm, I'm, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm not even expecting you to do anything. And so I remember I was in his office once and he would look at my calendar and, you know, it would be a lot of white spots, he'd say. <laughs> he'd a lot of white spots in here. And I'm like, well, I don't have any, you know, I don't have anything. I mean, he's like, I don't want you in your office. I want you out. Meeting people, take the janitor to lunch, you know, take mm-hmm. coffee. Here's your, you know, when you have a school credit card, you're taking them to coffee, you're taking them to dinner. You are just building relationships. Then you will see the fruit of those relationships after the next, after in this wow. second year. When you need to get into the building late at night and you don't have a key and you need to call somebody and you have a relationship with them to do that, to do that. You know, um, you'll see sort of like organic uh, sort of re- results of what that time that you spent just getting to know people and how are you doing and how's your family, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and I got it, but I didn't because I was like, and it has stuck with me because mm. that is 
how you, you know, sort of work with young people. Yeah. Here at the school, I remember that I think about Parable. Um, there's a little YouTube clip that I put up of one of the girls that I wrote about in Parable in chapter seven. And she, she, um, she's just, I was doing dishes. She was in my apartment and uh, she is like, is this my chapter? It was a PDF. And I said, yeah. And she said, well, can I read it? I was like, sure. So I'm on the phone while I was doing the dishes and she was, the TV was on or whatever. And then she, I look back, she looks up at me. She's got tears in her eyes and she, and they call me PK here for Pastor Christine. She's like, PK. And I'm like, okay, let me hang up. And then I, I was like, let me record you because I want to get this like live shot. <laughs> and she's like, um, you know, she's like, you got me. You, mm. you got me. But mm. I say all that to say this was like, this was a month of her coming over, hanging out. We don't, I mean, yeah, have that moment. It's all about these moments that God might open a door or, you know, mm. just but the 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 hard part about the building relationships is that you don't know when those moments are going to happen. It really takes time. You can't mm-hmm. have an agenda. You absolutely have to just hang out. Yeah, yeah. What what do you think? You know, in in the midst of you saying that, I'm also thinking of like for millennials and other individuals like ourselves, right? Like. What hinders us from that as you have, I mean, as you've built relationships with girls, I'm sure that you're seeing the other side as they've shared their stories of things that hinders and creates barriers towards building those relationships with other individuals that makes your relationship a little bit different, you know? Impatience for starters. We just want, you know, we want what we want from them. And Mm. so like, Try to force force that force mm. that you can't force trust with this generation. Take mm. the preach, <laughs> yeah. preach, pass the preach. <laughs> yeah. Don't force it. You can't and force nothing. Force it. We're you know pushing our agenda. We're mm. giving advice, unsolicited advice. That's right. Mm. You Come know, um, we're telling even with some of the girls that I that I focus on in the book, you know, one of the girls, Jen, uh, she started that Gen Z, we want to live. Mm-hmm. And she was trying to get with another major movement of millennials that I'm not going to mention in the, in the area. And they just would, I don't even, she was like, I'll start my own. <laughs> you know, I'm not getting support. They're not, you know, yeah. uh, they, they're sort of telling me what I, I should be, you know, all that. And yes, don't get me wrong. I do think that we need to be guiding and right. being there to sort of, but at the same time, you don't do that until the time is right. Right. Mm-hmm. So it, you know, like until that moment um, and you'll know when that is. But I think us as we have a tendency to just want to like, like you said, in the beginning of the, the beginning of the school year with some of these girls, there's one girl in particular I can think of that used to come to my apartment when I have this thing called Black Girls Gather. They come and hang out. And she was quiet, always in the corner. I'd be like, you good, Isabel? You good? You know, mm-hmm. it's been four years. Four years. Isabel would never talk. You know, she's a senior now. She's good. She comes right to me. She's good. But it's been four years. Wow. And sometimes we just don't have the patience, you know, like had I just, she just comes mm. to me and she wants to talk now. Mm. But the first year, if, if I just ask, are you good? And she don't want to talk, you leave it alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ready. You keep just extending, we're good, we're, you know, are you cool, you know, like here and there, but don't try to force the moment. Mm. 
mm. opening up to me? How come this and that? Mm. Really quick, I did learn that from my boss in California because when I first got to California, I was dealing, I was going at the end of a breakup. It was a mess, you know, and I'm a Jersey girl. So I'm always like, what's your angle? And so he was very much like, you can come over, you know, you can study on the couch with the family, like, Whatever you need. And I'm like, I'm not coming over his house. Like, I'm, you know, I'm good, right? Like, Mm. and he would just extend it, but he wouldn't push it. He wouldn't force it. When I tell you, like, by the time after a few years, I'm literally like at his house taking a nap on the couch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That, that I I experienced that. Right. That mm-hmm. thing, like not really trusting, but like somebody that's not forcing a relationship, but like sort of extending that olive mm. branch present and still being, you know, mm-hmm. like being there without overdoing it. Yeah. The door for me when I was going through such a tough time and just personally, and I'm like, oh, I'm broken. And mm-hmm. but that relationship is so, so important to me now because he took the time. And, he did. Mm. and that's what I think we need to do the same thing with young people. I feel like, yes. Oh, my goodness. Just mm. yes, first yes. of all. Yeah. And I keep getting this image of gardening, right? Like when you talk about the patience mm. that is required to cultivate um, trust and to cultivate even the space to be able to speak into a young woman's life. Like yeah. there's this patience of cultivation and you don't know when it's going to sprout, mm-hmm. but you know that you have to cultivate and that cultivation takes time. And I feel like even what you're saying about our our culture, our adults are so, it's so like results driven, yeah. right? Like you're looking for results. Mm-hmm. And so when you're mm-hmm. in a relationship where you can't, where you have to have that patient cultivation, mm-hmm. you can't point out the results. And maybe you're even in a nonprofit or ministry space where it's yes. like, well, I kind of want to report on it so I can keep my funds and make sure everybody thinks that I'm doing yeah. something. Yeah. And yet there's this space of like, you just, it's not results. It's slow work. It's slow, it's, it's slow, slow cultivation. And and it's, Christy, even as you're talking, I, it's not just slow work, it's steady. Steady. What I mm-hmm. hear with you as you have built relationship with girls is this steadiness. You're still coming back to say like, you good. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. cool. You yeah. it, you know, and you move on. You're you're a mm-hmm. constant. It's steady, mm-hmm. but it's slow work. And in our culture, mm-hmm. we don't value right. slow and steady. And so, you know, it is very results mm-hmm. driven. And I think that you know, like I I know that this question was not something that we sent you before, but That's how have you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how how have you seen God at work in these moments? Like, what are some of the mm-hmm. what are the ways that you have seen God work in the, not just the lives of these women, but I I often think that when you are having relationship. With anyone, it's not just about the other individual. God is also doing a work in you. Mm-hmm. And so I'd love for you to speak to that. Yeah. So going back to the the young woman uh, that was in my apartment, um, and then she read her chapter and she's crying or whatever. And so um, I'll send you both the, the, the link. It's only like a minute. Um, and so at the, actually, she doesn't say it in the link. Um, she says it after. Um, she says, and I even got the God part. Oh, man. Mm. 
to this day. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I get about that because mm-hmm. she's not, she wasn't, you know, one of my just not religious or spiritual or anything mm-hmm. like that. And I intentionally wrote parable. I actually didn't even write parable for black girls. I wrote it for other people to read about black girls. We know mm-hmm. what we can um, and, and so, um, but it's broken down. It tells a little story and then it tells like a link between the sort of like, there's a strong black woman thing. And then, so it tells like where that comes from and back going back to slavery. But then mm-hmm. there's a spiritual and theological part of it that talks about how God, you know, makes room for us in our strength and weakness. So that's how mm-hmm. each. Yeah. And for her to say, and I even got the God part. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. That, uh, that got, we never had those types of conversations. She was always like, I'm not religious. You know, that's sort of it. And it it just was so simple. It's a simple phrase. And I even got the God part because that's sort of what I want people mm. to get from my work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That sums it up right there. And I mm-hmm. even the God part, you know, mm-hmm. for, a, for a young person that doesn't have that upbringing and doesn't have that sort of like that language. Or even me trying to be like, come to Jesus. You know, I'm not. Right, right, right. I like that. She still yeah. got. Yeah. Yeah. That, that sums it up for. Yeah. 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 Mm, there's something more than the like, boom, 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 like message that's compelling. Yeah. And well, yeah, living in that posture where yeah. what you do and how you cultivate relationships is compelling from a spiritual space. Like. Yeah, that's the to me. I'm like, that's the goal. Yeah, that's the goal because what she's what she's actually sort of seeing as well. First of all, the parable of the brown girl. Y'all need to go get that book like yesterday. Yesterday. Listen, if I was, I wish we were brave enough to email back then because we should have had you on a podcast for that book. Okay, we were like, Lord, we're just gonna send this email out. But you know, but in particular, like what I hear you saying is the witness was there before even like Mm -hmm. her understanding Mm -hmm. of who it became very clear in the midst of that because you were a witness you know you were a a direct uh sort of an extension of god's grace and a witness towards Mm -hmm. who he is Mm -hmm. you know and so Mm -hmm. you can you can say man Mm -hmm. i even got the god part yeah and that's funny because that goes back to what we were talking about before Mm-hmm. Because that is the building of the relationship is the witness part. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I had we not, and granted, I'm sure that there, I'm hoping that without the relationship that there are people that are, or young girls that read the book and still get the God part. But yeah. I think the relationship was so instrumental. Yes. For being able to even receive yeah. that part of it. Yeah. You, know? you can't, it's like you, you just can't. And Going back to the advice thing, it's like we we may not be able to get the masses, and that's right. the problem with the church. You know, we just want everything to be mega and big and get everybody who is within your arms. That's the truth. That's the say, say that one more time. Say it one more time for the people in the back. You said who, who is in your what? Who is in your arms' reach? Who is within your arms' length? And build one or two relationships. And when you die and you go before the Lord, you say. I've, I did what it is that you. My people. Yep. Yes. I didn't try to knock down every, you know, every that's mm. it's not even 
possible to do that, you know, mm-hmm. in our community. Who, who is within our reach that we're able to, to build those relationships with? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Christy, one of the joys of our podcast is that we get to talk about this hope and this gospel and directly through a cultural, like very directly through a cultural lens. And so I know that for you working with black and brown girls, there's a huge element of, and I've heard, I've read you, you know, say this before, but really getting them to see themselves, like see the Imago Day in. Yes. Them. And so talk to us a little bit about like, what, um, how does it play out when Black girls do, when you, when you see that click for them, um, where they do see the Imago Day in themselves, and then some of the ways that you see it go wrong and awry when they don't? Yeah, I, whenever I give a, 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 I give a book talk, it's interesting because going into Unbossed, when people now like are reaching out wanting me to talk to girls, I give the parable book talk. Like, I don't mind talking about leadership. It's all good. I'm just using this as sort of like an open door because terrible book talk actually speaks directly to the existence and the experience of young girls. And leadership is sort of an overview. I'm not, you know, knocking or making light of that. Mm -hmm. But so I'm uh, so but when I do the book talk for the girls, I always start off with the young girl that was I don't know if she was nine or four. She might have been four. Mariana, mm-hmm. who was that went viral? Yes, yeah. And she looked at herself mm-hmm. uh, like I'm so ugly. I'm so, I know. Mm-hmm. I start off every talk with that. We gonna watch this, mm-hmm. and like, where did that come from? Let's yeah. let you know, that's internalized massage noir. Right. Uh, that 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 she got from somewhere until they say, oh well, she maybe she heard it, or maybe that we talk about culture. <laughs> then I go into the Imago, you know, the, the Imago Day and defining that. And I talk about, um, you know, how black girls aren't getting the message mm-hmm. um, that we mm-hmm. say that we're all made in the image of God. Mm-hmm. Everybody's not getting that. And mm-hmm. then it's, why aren't they getting it? And um, we go through headlines about, you know, the adultification mm-hmm. of black girls or black girls being more likely to be suspended or mm-hmm. just but how we look physically and all mm-hmm. that, the messages that we're getting. We're not getting that. We're hearing mm-hmm. these. Um, I almost forgot your question now. I'm just going. Mm. <laughs> no. It no. It does. It yeah, does. Because, I, because we know it's as grievous. Black women, we're like, yeah. I've been there. I've yeah. been there where I don't actually believe yeah. because right. of these con- contrary messages that I actually am made in God's image. Yeah. That means that some part of me is reflective of God. Yeah. And so... I can right. I can be looking de- I, I can be deep in thought and there's the assumption that I'm an angry black woman. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like yeah. you know, and then somehow we have views. to grasp God apart from our self-identity or our self-awareness mm-hmm. or our perception of who we are, yeah. our hair, our skin, our thoughts, our mannerisms, our temperament, okay. our okay. volume. Like somehow it's like this is over here, and then this sort of concept of how we understand God is over there. Yeah. And like terrible round girl. Like it's just like Anyway, and I don't mean to make this a parable interview, but it's no, no, no. I mean, it's a joy. It's a joy. It's an intersection of both. It's an intersection of both. And yeah, please, please. I I don't want to cut you off. Go ahead. No, it's okay. It start. It just starts. The point I'm trying to make is that she was four. It starts so mm-hmm. so young, and then it's something that we have to wrestle with for the rest of our lives, right? Mm-hmm. We have to like contend with that, mm-hmm. and. You know, I've seen 
I'm starting to see, I think, the the the, the young black girls and the the sort of embracing the Imago Day, but not to the extent that I would like for them to. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the good news is there's so many positive images and representations of black women um, now in ways that there weren't before. Before we just had mm-hmm. Oprah and and, mm-hmm. and Michelle Obama just came around, mm-hmm. you know, just had a few of them. Now there's just, you know, like skin complexion and hair and mm-hmm. all that to sort of see that. So that message of the Imago Day when you when you sort of present it, it's aided by these other sort of positive uh, realities that are happening culturally, which is mm-hmm. a good thing. So at a younger age, they're able to start their hair journeys at a younger age. You know, they're able to, yeah. you know, like uh, talk themselves out of um, some of the in- internalized thing. They're able to, they have like, the vocabulary to be able to articulate and say, yes, words like, like self-care or self-love and you know, all of that. So that that I'm seeing and that is a good thing. Whereas before you, you give a message like the Imago Day, there's so many things countercultural to mm-hmm. them all around them. They just not even able to really it drowns like, it out. Yeah. yeah. It drowns it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So an Ariana can feel that way. And there have been so many Ariana's mm-hmm. uh, that didn't have that moment uh socially. And then after you got Tamron Hall, Michelle Obama, and everybody, you're beautiful. You're beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's on the show and she's feeling yeah. good. And at You've got the songs. You've even got the songs that are mainstream, mm-hmm. that are affirming the Imago Day of their identity. Right. They're able to capture that yes. and sort of get to it in ways that didn't, the Ariana's in the 90s and the 80s yeah. just mm-hmm. had to that self-hatred mm-hmm. and let it manif- you know, let it fester and manifest itself in unhealthy ways later on. Yeah. So where I've seen it go good is that now, like you said, you got the songs, you got the representation, you got right. people right like, no, 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 girl. You know, yes. Yes. That, yes. They had to sit with it. Yeah. Even I, I even am very grateful for in Christian theological spaces to the the writers that are coming forth um, and, and valuing mm-hmm. um, and bringing to light people like yourself that that can write works that um, are necessary uh, mm-hmm. for this generation and so many more. And so, you know, I, I'm thinking about this. What can we learn um, uh, how can we empower this next generation um, as they continue to uh, continue to carry carry the mantle forward? Like, what yeah. does it look like to empower them um, without without like you know without also like controlling it like. <laughs> I know. Because, you know, there's that heaviness of like, well, no, I think you should do it this way. You know, Um, it's it's happening for me right now. I'm grateful I have personal examples of everything that you've been asking. So with the unbossed girls, there's eight of them. And some of them I know uh, personally quite well. Um, Others, you know, not so much that that, that I learned about or that we've just zoomed a few times or whatever. Well, you know, these eight girls, bless them. Uh, you know, I think you, I thought when the book came out, all eight, I was going, they were just going to be behind me. All mm-hmm. Yeah. That's just not the case. Uh, <laughs> I got maybe four strong ones, you know, that are like, what do I need to do? What do I need? You know, I'm going to, am I going to be on TV? You know, like they're just, uh, 
Yeah, they're out there. And then others that are quieter, you know, than others. Mm -hmm. Um, And they all have these different personalities. You know, they have these different approaches to how they want to be uh, involved with the book. Um, And, you know, some that are like, I'm just focusing on school. I'm taking a mental health break. I got a lot going on. So my expectations for all eight have shifted. I had these expectations going in, you know, <laughs> that, wow, who doesn't want to be in a book? Who's not going to want to like push this? And that's just not happening. And I have to accept that. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I'm saying this for a reason because all, all of these young Black girls are not going to be created equal. Right. And so we have to adjust our expectations and how we communicate with them um, and how we relate to them. And so um, Sanyu, using Sanyu as an example, J-Shell, Kennedy, right? Three of the girls I wrote about. I mean, they'll- Shout out to Kennedy, Cleveland, Ohio. Cleveland. And, you know, they're just texting. What can I do? They're posting their own thing, the whole thing. All right, you got Amara, who I've barely heard from, but I do know she's in college. She's alive. She yeah. is alive. She's, on the- she's alive. She'll text me, you know, one week later, you know, oh my God, I forgot to send a selfie. You know, she's barely there. I got uh, uh, Hannah, who I don't know what's going on with Hannah. She is around. Um, but, you know, she she from time to time needs to take because of her focus is sort of mental health advocacy. And so it's also personal. Mm-hmm. So she does need to take a step back. Yeah. That Stephanie, who does not like to be in the in the spotlight, does not seem to like to be, but she loves to do the work, mm-hmm. but she don't want to tag her. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? She don't want you to, and don't say anything, don't write the wrong thing. Like, yeah. you know, can you take that out? You know, even now it's being public, public, it's already being in publication. And she's like, can you remove that word? I'm like, girl, <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. All that to say, you know, we just need to adjust our expectations for how we deal with mm. uh, and empower young people. And my thing for all of them is just based off of their personality and what they have, what I have seen expressed from them to me and communicated um, is how I'm going to communicate or how I'm going to relate to them. Yeah, I will have good moments with the other ones, even the ones that aren't there. They will reach out here and there and I will make sure that I'm present, you know, and that I respond. But I'm not going to force them to have to be, you know, all yeah. of the book. They, they did the job. They let me know, you know, like yeah. they yeah. The interview and all of that. And so I think that's how we have to be with young people in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Chrissy, thank you so much. Will you pray for us, those of us who are in proximity? All of us should be in proximity. All of us are to the, to the next generation. That's if right. you're if you're not, listen. If you're not. Exit your front door immediately. <laughs> Go across the street. Go across the street. Okay. Down yeah. the street. Down the street. Go to your local school somewhere. Okay. Yeah. Be a servant. But <laughs> if you will pray for us and then pray for this next generation as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. God, we are uh, grateful to be here during this um, interesting time in uh, in the world. Um And I pray for uh, specifically for those of us adults or uh, that are young adults that are um, wanting to or in proximity to other young people, particularly Mm -hmm. young young black girls. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pray that you would give us the wisdom 
mm-hmm. um, and uh, the the patience, mm-hmm. um, not even necessarily the skill set, but just the the passion, the desire uh, to want to be present in their lives, to want to be a force mm-hmm. uh, in their lives, and. Mm-hmm. and Pray that you would speak to us um, yes, individually and circumstantially based off of the different young person that you would put um, in our lives, that we wouldn't have this mm-hmm. sort of like blanket uh, template for what we apply. That's right. Did, um, but give us the patience and the mind to be able to uh, wait for you, to be able to be led by your spirit when it yes. comes to how to approach, how to build relationship, what to say, when to say it. Um, and I pray that uh, we would be able to do it genuinely and authentically, that we wouldn't mm-hmm. come to the agenda. And yes. Your hearts, your minds, open minds, open mm-hmm. hearts. And even for, for the times of disappointment or the times where we may not see or feel like things are happening, um, God just uh, remind us that you are working. And I pray that you would open those doors, um, whether it be with young people in our families that are next door to us, wherever it might be. If it's one, mm-hmm. if it's more than one, whatever it might be, yes, open to to how it is that you're going to move in that area. I pray for this next generation, particularly young black girls. Uh, let them be kids. Let them mm-hmm. um, have more than just small moments where they're able to talk about prom and friends. And I just mm-hmm. pray God that you would create more spaces, uh, whether it's through conferences or retreats or relationships or school, wherever they might be, more spaces where they could just be. Mm-hmm. Um, just exist where they don't have to qualify their hair and their skin. They don't mm-hmm. have to they talk this certain type of way or their attitude. That's I just right. pray that they can just be and exist without feeling that outside pressure, that there will be more spaces for them to be able to do that. We are grateful for their leadership, um, but I pray that they wouldn't feel like they had to lead um, because mm-hmm. there because adults aren't doing their job. God, mm-hmm. I pray that you would develop their leadership skills, um, but that they would have a sense of balance, um, that they would be able to take uh, care of themselves that they would have um, friendships, sisterhoods, you know, just mm-hmm. spaces where they could really just um, mm-hmm. move in relax and just exist, God. So I pray that you continue to cultivate uh, uh, strong leaders, but um, leaders that are after your heart. Yes, Lord. Introduce them to you, whether that's in the Sunday morning church or just through a regular relationship or a conversation. Yes. Um, but we mm-hmm. lift them up. We raise them to you, God, and, and we put them on the altar and, and ask you to bless uh, the young people of, this, people of this generation so that they mm-hmm. might lead us um, into the future. Yes, Lord. Okay. Amen. 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 Have a blessed day, ladies. Amen.